welcome to WPCast, the professional WordPress podcast for WordPress entrepreneurs. I'm David. And I'm Doug. This is episode 16, Maximizing the Potential of Google Analytics. So let's get started with the changelog. What have you been up to, David? So we've made a bunch of progress with some of the projects we're working on, in particular the Ninja Form Zapier integration and also my MailChimp email opt-in uh, form plugin. So there's a good chance that by the time this episode is going live, that at least one of those plugins has been launched. And there's also like one other project we're currently working on, which we might also have launched uh, by the time this episode goes live. So um, we'll include that in the show notes. What about you, Doug? So it should be the weekend after this episode goes live. I'll be over at WordCamp Providence. So if anybody else happens to be going there, it's, I think it's going to be a fairly small WordCamp. But, you know, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter or email or something, and maybe we can meet up. Cool. So let's get into the core. So we're talking about Google Analytics and how to maximize the potential of Google Analytics. And if you're listening to this episode, you probably already have a basic understanding of what Google Analytics is. It's a very, very powerful and free tool to track the visitors on your website. We think it's probably the right choice for 99% of sites. There are some other alternatives for analytics if you don't want to use Google, but Google Analytics is probably the easiest to set up. So exceptions would be um, if, if you're doing something on the dodgy side, you know, you're doing like some blackhead SEO or you're doing something that is against Google's terms of service. Google Analytics might leave a footprint. Usually they don't use, at least the claim that they don't use Google Analytics data to kind of, you know, find out what you're doing. But Google Analytics does leave a footprint if you install it incorrectly. So I think that's really one of the few scenarios where you have to be careful. One thing we do want to mention is you should be using universal analytics if you haven't upgraded already. It's got more features. It's going to be the standard eventually. One of the plugins that we recommend, or at least the top plugin we recommend, is uh, Google Analytics for WordPress. This is the plugin by Yoast. And they recently added support for universal analytics. So yeah. you really have no reason not to upgrade now. Yeah. So as, a, as of last week, um, Yoast is supporting this feature. And I switched away from Yoast about two months ago because I really wanted to start using universal analytics. So I'm glad to hear that Yoast added it back. So I might switch back to the Yoast plugin yeah. at some point. But there's also this plugin that you recommend, which is Google Analyticator, right? Yeah. So I've been moving to Google Analytics for WordPress now. But one of the nice things about Google Analyticator, it has pretty similar features. But one thing that I think a lot of people would like is there's an integrated dashboard widget. So when you set it up, you can authenticate with Google, and then they will put actually a graph in your dashboard showing your visits, uh, top pages and keywords and stuff like that. Nice. So, so you're basically getting a bunch of nice vanity metrics right in your dashboard. <laughs> yeah. So there's some advantages to that. Both plugins are pretty similar. So there's not a huge advantage of one over the other, I think. Yeah. So another one to talk about is segment.io. And what this service is, is it's an analytics aggregator. So one thing, if, if you track a lot of information on your site, if you're using multiple analytics platforms, Google Analytics and Clicky and some of these other things, all this tracking code starts to add up to a lot on your site, especially if you're loading these scripts externally, you know, from like Google and from Clicky, you can actually have some noticeable impact on your load time. So what segment.io does is it, it uses one JavaScript and it pulls it from segment.io and there it integrates with all of your other 
analytics services. So there's not a big advantage of using segment.io if you're only using Google Analytics, but if you have two, three, or more different providers, then this can actually really help on your load time. Yeah, so if you've got Crazy Egg and Google Analytics and Kissmetrics and you know some all kinds of stuff, so so AdWords tracking, so it's really useful for that. And Segment.io is a paid service. There's actually a free alternative by Google that is somewhat similar, which is called Google Tag Manager. And I've used that before. Actually, it is a little bit difficult to use, even if you're somewhat technical and know your ways around analytic services. It's a little bit not as intuitive to set up, but I think that might also be worth checking out. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that uh, segment.io is free for lower traffic sites. I believe it's 100,000 events per month. So if you're getting a lot of traffic, then the next level plan is starts at $29 a month. But for a lot of sites, if you're getting fairly low traffic, then you'll be able to stay on the free plan. Okay. And one last tip regarding integrating Google Analytics with your WordPress site is make sure to exclude locked-in users. And you can do that with the Yoast plugin. That's the best way that I know. Yeah. With all of these plugins, there's usually an option to exclude logged-in users. And sometimes you can specify what level user. And this is especially important for low-traffic level sites where you're making a lot of edits or you're on your site a lot. Because your own data can really skew your stats. For example, most people visiting your site are going to go to your homepage. Whereas if you're on your site all the time making edits, you're probably only spending a, a you're spending a smaller portion of your time on your homepage, and you may be adding lots of other pages that people aren't visiting. In which case, your your data would be really off. Yep. Let's move on to choosing KPIs and. Of course, the assumption here is that you are actually running a business and you're not just doing a personal blog that you're doing for, you know, other than very tangible reasons such as revenue. But one really common mistake that I see people make, businesses make, is they're basically tracking vanity metrics versus actionable insights. So what a vanity metric maybe is like page views, like, oh my God, like I'm getting like... 20,000 page views a month, but that might not actually mean anything for your business because it might be on some kind of page that, you know, maybe you're ranking Google, some kind of page that's actually not at all related to your business or that is not really monetizable. I've seen a lot of people do that. What would be some actionable metrics, KPIs that people can track? One of the most important things if you're running a business is to see how much money you're actually making from there. So checking revenue, checking uh, conversions, also where these conversions and revenue were coming from. These are the things that really matter to your business and they may or may not be related to the amount of traffic you're getting. Yeah, because at the end of the day, your website is just a tool to either sell something or generate leads or some kind of conversion for something that's eventually going to have a financial impact. And I did write a blog post on this topic. It's called How to Get Started Measuring Online Marketing ROI and we're linking up to that in the show notes as well. So, since we are talking about measuring, choosing and measuring the right KPIs, what's really important is that you set up Google Analytics properly. And there's a little bit more involved than just putting the tracking code on your site and installing a WordPress plugin. So one of the most important things is to actually set up goals. And I believe you can have up to 20 goals now. So there, there's a limit to how many you can define. Most sites, you probably won't need more than 20 anyway. Yeah. So essentially, what you're doing with this is you're tracking when a specific sequence happens. A lot of times, if you're doing e-commerce or something, you want a sale as the goal. But in other cases, it may be an email sign-up 
or submission on a contact form. In certain cases, you'll be able to actually assign monetary values to conversions, and this is something you probably won't be able to do right away. You'll need a fair amount of data before you can really make these associations. Yep. But you can assign these values, and then you can kind of see where you should be spending more effort in improving certain areas on your site. Yeah, so if you've got a something that's multi-step, like a successful checkout, then you can set up uh, those goal funnels where you know you can basically say, step one, they go to my marketing page. Step two, they go to the checkout page. Step three, they actually paid and you know get redirected to the order confirmation. And then you can look at the funnel and see where you're leaking customers and where, you, where you're losing customers. So the other thing, that is pretty important if you sell something on your website is it's called e-commerce revenue tracking and it just records like how many products you sell and how much revenue those generate and again this kind of data can be really really insightful i think most shopping carts either like integrate with it by default or there's some plugins out there that you can install it's pretty simple to set up you'll just have to google that with easy digital downloads i'm using a plugin called edd google analytics universal e-commerce and that's by Dan Lester who also sells a WordPress Google Apps login plugin so we'll we'll link up to that in the show notes so the other thing you need to do is to understand events properly and an, an example of an event would be clicking the buy now button so when people do this you want to track it separately in Google Analytics as an event and not just measure traffic to the actual buying page because that data is actually different from when people are actually clicking on the buttons. Right. And you might have different buttons as well. So then it's like nice to track that. But events are not always, they are pretty simple if you're, you know, somewhat technical, but they're not as easy to implement as maybe e-commerce tracking or goals. And I'll be honest, I'm not really using them on my uh, in my business as well. I know it, it would probably be nice, but I just it's just one of the things that I never really got around to. So I think setting up either goals and or e-commerce revenue tracking is really, really, really important. Events are also good, but they're more of a nice to have in my book. And some, sometimes this is somewhat complicated, especially if you're less technical to set up and just I want to give a quick shout to my friend Julian over at JJ Analytics. So if any of you guys need help properly setting up Google Analytics, um, he offers some services where he can help you. So, And I would highly recommend this. So the next thing we want to talk about is segmentation. And an example of this would be uh, the number of leads you got last month from your SEO campaign. Right. So with segmentation, basically, you want to, instead of looking at all of your traffic like in an aggregate where you can't really look at your traffic like that. You're not going to get good insights. You you need to like differentiate is the person male or female, which is actually something that um, Google Analytics can show you. I'm not 100% sure how they get this data, but better examples are like the traffic source. Like is this coming from like long tail SEO or is it traffic from AdWords or is it from, you know, my Twitter account or maybe even like from a print ad, you can even track that. So, so you really want to like segment your traffic based on common characteristics of like those, those people and then like analyze in depth. And you might find out that your SEO traffic might be converting three times as high as people coming from Facebook. And then in that case, you would get that insight of, I should be doing more SEO and I should be you know, creating more content so more people find my site using search engines and they're going to be more likely to buy than just me like sending out tweets. I think that's a commonly overlooked thing is that you actually have to segment your traffic properly. And 
you can use a bunch of pre-built segments in Google Analytics and you can also build your own segments. And there's a great video that we're going to be linking up in the show notes that shows you exactly how segmentation works and how you can leverage it to get better insights. So the last thing we want to talk about is setting up a good dashboard where you can see all this data or at least the most important data in one place. So we're going to link up to a post on portent.com and it's called the Perfect Google Analytics Dashboard. On there, they give you dashboards that you can access, but you can also get a lot of really good ideas for what the important metrics are to track. Yeah, I believe they have both dashboards for e-commerce and for lead generation sites, and I've actually been using their e-commerce dashboard on my own sites and also on you know clients that I used to do work on. So I would highly recommend you check that out. Okay, so that um, wraps up the core of this episode. Just to recap, we talked about what kind of plugins we recommend, choosing the right KPIs and comparing vanity and actionable metrics, how to set up Google Analytics properly, segmentation and how important it is, and using dashboards to get a better 40,000 foot overview of what's going on in your business. All right, let's move on to the tips and tricks for this week. David, what do you have? So I think I'm running out of software tools here. My tip for the week is a YouTube channel called majestic casual deep house and i'm quite a big fan of deep house music and i've been enjoying listening to that while working so yeah if you like deep house i recommend you check it out what about you doug so i found a tip that's actually related somewhat to analytics although not google per se so there's a widget called istat pro and this is for mac and what this does is it gives you a bunch of stats about your computer such as your CPU and memory usage. You can see your download and upload speed and your bandwidth usage. You can see the temperature of different parts of your computer and your battery health. So it's a whole bunch of different stuff, and it's all, all together in this, this little widget, so it's pretty interesting. And we'll link up to this in the show notes as well. Nice. I'll check it out. So that's it for this episode. You can leave a comment or voicemail and find show notes with links at wpcast.fm slash analytics. If you like this episode, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Bye.